0: I have worked in Africa probably for the last 20 years, you know, give or take a couple of years, mainly in the whole area of advancement of, uh, you know, fundraising and alumni development, working my way through the ranks, I guess, from um, being a one-person office with an assistant to ending up with an office of uh, 19 people when I left the University of Natal. During the course of that time, of course, you know, one does work across the whole gamut of fundraising and philanthropy in an African setting, which includes fundraising from alumni, from trusts and foundations, and also corporate philanthropy. And um, that being the, the topic of the day, I'm going to concentrate on that. Subsequent to having worked in Africa, I also had the opportunity to teach on a master's course in philanthropy and social entrepreneurship, at the University of Bologna, which was an international course for the benefit of people like you and me working in the sector globally in nonprofits and also in trusts and foundations and in philanthropy and fundraising. And that that was an an opportunity to talk to individuals in this particular space about their fundraising um, in other parts of the world. And I guess the the main lesson from that was that the whole area of philanthropy is not that different anywhere else in the world other than nuances that make it different, I guess. Subsequent to having worked in Africa, I was fortunate to be asked by CASE to assist them in their Africa program. And I've had the benefit of working with CASE at a number of conferences uh, in places like Ghana, in South Africa, and also in in Kenya during the last couple of years in working with a number of our colleagues in this um, area of expertise in um, assisting in skills development and talent management, I guess, and mentoring as well. So it's been a a really um, interesting and rewarding journey for me to have been involved in this. So those few words of introduction, um, to go on to the, the topic that um, you have asked me to talk about a little bit, and that is the area of uh, corporate philanthropy and the role it plays, I suppose, in the larger area of philanthropy and fundraising in Africa. I hope, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the outcomes of the uh, little chat that we are going to be pursuing this morning is to give you a, a snapshot, I suppose, of corporate philanthropy generally, but also in the, in, in the African context, and um, provide a couple of, I suppose, ideas of best practice how one can raise funds from corporates in an African setting. Now, corporate philanthropy, I guess, over the last couple of years has grown, I suppose over the last 20 years, has grown out of the understanding that corporates need to be good citizens as well as make profits. And the whole idea of the so-called triple bottom line developed. Triple bottom line meaning corporates can no longer, could no longer just rely on making profits and not caring about the environment and caring about the people with whom they were interacting. So the triple bottom line became the so-called triple bottom line of people, profit, and planet. And of course, the whole idea of people is what we are talking about. How does how do corporates assist those folks with whom they interact daily, their customers, but also you know within the context in which they work? How do they interact with them in a way that is caring and compassionate, and not just there to make money out of them and you know blow the rest kind of thing? So th- that new impetus to look after the planet and to look after the people started this whole area of what is called corporate social responsibility or corporate social investment. And in one way or another, it's developed all over the world now in a way that has seen even the largest companies start to realize that they need to put their hands in their pockets to assist um, the, the communities from which they make their money now there's a couple of ways to look at this Uh, i haven't done a great deal of research on it but you know it's certainly available and there's a large number of um, studies that have been done in corporate philanthropy globally but the most or the latest that i've managed to find is uh, the so-called conference board report, which comes out every year. And this last one, which was figures from 2017, where 200 of the top corporates are um, given the opportunity to report on their figures. And total giving across the 200 top corporates worldwide, globally, and that includes South African and African companies, total giving was $23 billion to corporate philanthropy and for each company that was about nineteen million u s dollars and the top quartile gave away fifty five point three million dollars so in other words each corporate in the top quartile gave away fifty five million so these these you know figures indicate that it is a, a real area of burgeoning philanthropy for um, fundraisers who are seeking assistance with their particular uh, activities. Um, Some of it is in corporate cash, of course. Some of it is in foundations because many of these organizations, corporates have created foundations. I mean, in the same way that the Ford Foundation was created many years ago from the... um, the, the corporate activities of, of the Ford Motor Company. So these companies have started creating foundations as well, and some of them, some of this activity and assistance obviously is non-cash in volunteering and services, and also in matched funding. So that you'll find that the employees at corporates will make a donation, and that that particular corporate for whom they work for which they work, makes money available as well in a matched way to match the donation that they make to their particular area of interest. Now, what is, I think, really important and really interesting for higher education is the fact that 28% of the survey that was done on these top 200 corporates, 28% of that funding went to education, including higher education, and K-12. to In addition, another 25% went to health and social services, and the last 15% went to community and economic development. Now, many universities, of course, higher education, they do work across all of these areas as well. So they, you know, they can take more than one bite of the cherry. Many of them have medical schools, for example. Many of them involved in public health of one sort or another. Many of them work in communities by making opportunities available for um, social services, for example, or even assisting with things like uh, rural education and so on and so forth. So there's a, there's, um, a real opportunity here generally in Africa to apply to these organizations, these corporates for funding and to be successful because they match many of the criteria. So that that is looking from from a high level, I guess, across corporate social investment um, globally. If we start to pan closer and look at corporate social investment or social responsibility in Africa, then we start to see a picture that is even more, I believe, even more, interesting and more valuable for fundraising within that sector. Many of the large Pan-African companies have CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility, or CSI, Corporate Social Investment, as part of their strategy. And the big companies that are Pan-African have it as part of their strategy on websites, easy to access, easy to discover, and I guess in 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 a, in a way that is really accessible to see what they are funding. That I think is an important consideration because generally, if you are fundraising from alumni or individuals, it takes ages to try and discover exactly what they might be interested. In. Whereas If you are fundraising from a corporate and uh, approaching them for corporate uh, investment, it is easy enough to go onto a website, have a look at that corporate, and they'll tell you either under their sustainability section or their corporate social responsibility section what their areas of interest are. And I think it's important to say as well that many of them, most of them, the vast majority, would have education as, as an area of interest including these other areas of health, social social and community development, and so on. So there are opportunities there. In South Africa, you might know that there is um, a promulgated law which says that companies have to give anything from 1% to 1.5% of after-tax profit to corporate social investment. And many of the big companies in South Africa, of course, have – outposts across the rest of Africa, talking about the big banks, the the folks involved in mining, the financial sector and so on, and, and obviously the big retailers. So they have outposts across Africa in the big cities, and they could certainly be approached by any university in any of those countries as well. A good, I would think, a really good resource to look at is what is called the Trialog CSI Handbook. It is now on its 20th edition, and it's changed its name, I think, to be more holistic into what is called Business in Society Handbook. It is free to download on the web, this, this 20th edition. Um, you just got to submit your name and who you are and your email address, and they, they will make it available to you. But it gives you a really good snapshot of research into CSI across Africa and, and what the corporates are funding, you know, where they are funding, how they've done, all the statistics to do with funding in, in one way or another from corporates across Africa. It's largely focused on South Africa, but many of the companies that work in South Africa, or, you know, have their headquarters in South Africa, work across the rest of Africa as part of their market. So it's a useful start, a useful handbook. I suppose just in in summary, just in that first bit of of what I've said, is that there there are opportunities within corporate philanthropy across Africa. It is certainly an area of uh, burgeoning interest. It is, I believe, and I would argue, a lot easier to understand what these organizations or these corporates are funding because it's clear on their websites. You know, it's part of their policy and you you can get a really good handle on what it is that they would like to fund in future in 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 addition they are you'll know this i suppose i mean it goes without saying they are set up to give money away they have to give the money away by law and if the if the fundraiser The university that approaches them has a product that matches their own giving policy and is interested in um, doing what is required in terms of, you know, that they're not going to make money available, for example, for things like political parties or religion, but for good work. Then it is much easier, I believe, to approach them in a way that um, makes more sense for the fundraiser without having to beat about the bush to try and find out what it is they're interested in. Now, having said that, I think the important consideration here is that fundraising from corporates is different from general fundraising, although many of the principles are the same. And I'll say, I guess, that many of the differences are the following. The first one is, if one approaches an alumnus or an individual I think you are presenting a project, both with the heart and the head. Okay, it needs to be emotional, but it also needs to be presented in a way that makes a rational case for alumni and individuals. I would argue that in the case of corporates, much of what you're doing is making a rational case for philanthropy. In other words, if you go across there with the idea when you are making a pitch that you are going to attract the, the you know the the funding the investment that you want in your good project by um, concentrating on the emotional side, I believe that is not going to be successful. The the corporates simply because they are corporates and they they work in a way that is different to individual thinking, they have uh, a strategic outlook, they want to see that there is a business plan behind what you do, they would like to see the outcomes that are clear and measurable, and they also want to see a timeline and a budget. So all of that has to be done very rationally and has to be uh, available in a way that is clear, concise, to the point, and is going to be compelling much of this of course it is easier as well for the fundraiser because much of it will be written down for you in other words there is a form generally to fill in and that that makes it so much easier than having to second guess what an alumnus might or might not enjoy or you know want to fund so i think that that is a, a real benefit to you the, the the second thing i would say about corporates is that to get the interviews, to get the meetings with them is a lot easier than getting meetings with alumni. All right. Their whole social compact, if you will, with the university and with the corporate is understood. Their role is to give money away. Our role is to go and access it. If there is a happy meeting place where the project meets the objectives of that corporate then it is very seldom that a corporate will not make money available for that particular project so the process i guess is no different from raising funds from alumni one still has to have a really good idea which is thought through in a way that is rational and and can be argued Uh, in a way that is compelling. The office, the fundraising office, still needs to research which of the corporates is going to be interested in it. In other words, what I'm saying is don't make the mistake of going to a corporate without having researched them and found out what the CSI office is all about. The worst you can do is go into that office and say that you'd like to have some funding for health or family medicine, and they say, but haven't you looked at our website? You're wasting my time. We don't fund that. It's important, therefore, that the same process as you would take in doing some research and alumnus that you're going to approach is done with a corporate. Make sure you go there in a way that is shows that you've taken the time and the initiative to at least do some research on them. Then you need to know also the research should indicate what kind of level you should ask for. Some of the smaller corporates, although they are involved in corporate social investment, won't have the wherewithal to make large amounts of money available. So pitch it at the right level, having done the research on that particular area. It always helps if there is some direct contact, of course, with that corporate. That is, I think a way in which one can use one's own alumni as a resource. In other words, if there happens to be an alumnus within that company who is at a level of uh, a decision maker, it would be useful to have a conversation with that person before you go in and indicate what your objectives are and ask whether there's any way in which he or she can be a decision maker in this process as well you you will you will know that generally when an alumnus makes a decision he or she makes it maybe in concert with the husband or wife or sometimes the family in the case of a corporate of course it will be done around a boardroom table and often those decisions are made by the person with whom you are going to have your first conversation. When you walk into that corporate and you have your conversation with the head of corporate social investment, that person becomes your advocate. So make sure that that relationship is sound and that he or she is on your side. That person, I I think I need to just um, emphasize, at the board meeting will have a summary of your project and she will or he will be the person who is going to present it you are not in the room remember she is your proxy she will present it to the board in a way that is hopefully is compelling and the board makes the decision if there is someone in that boardroom who knows you as an alumnus and can advocate for the work that you do so much the better you have more chance of being successful okay, so I guess it's important then that the relationships are good. Should that gift come in, it is as important to have the process of stewardship followed in a way that one would do with any donor, right? Don't accept that gift and not do anything about it without doing the necessary thanks, acknowledging it, Sending a letter of of um, appreciation from the vice chancellor or the president, inviting that person to to come to events of one sort or another, sending them the um, the donor report, putting them uh, you know acknowledging them on your website and so on. So these things are standard, I guess, across fundraising or one you know at at any institution, and they must not be forgotten simply because this is a corporate. With you know, with a, a, a large um, infrastructure and organization, that you don't treat them in a way that is as simply as treating any individual who has made a gift of one sort or another. So I guess what I'm saying is that fundraising in corporates is no different from fundraising with individuals, except for, for these particular differences that I' have highlighted. By and large, however, you are dealing with people and as a result, you are going to be growing a relationship with that individual who is the um, the corporate social investment manager or director at a particular corporate and that relationship is fundamental in you getting that gift. At Christmas time, for example, as we are now, I would always have taken a chance. to the 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 opportunity to go around to all the corporates wherever they might have been during the course of my fundraising and provided them with a little gift of thanks and that went a long way to sustaining that relationship during the during the, the coming years and made sure that the next gifts that came in from that corporate were much easier to bring in than before okay finally, I guess I would like to say that the reputation of your organization, of your institution, of your university is vitally important for the association of that corporate to your institution. Remember what we're talking here about is the reputation by association. If a corporate sniffs that there has been financial difficulties, At that institution and all you're looking for is someone to top up an institution that has been badly managed you will not get the money they do their research they will know they have lots of people who can do the research on your institution if your reputation has been tarnished in any way if the leadership of your institution is seen to be dodgy if there's any indication that by associating themselves with your institution is going to be difficult for th- their own reputation, that will ruin the relationship and you will not get a gift. So it's important to, to keep in mind that your institution needs to be one of the kind of cleanest institutions that it can be. So that, that by and large I think gives you a snapshot and a way in which you can access this kind of philanthropy from corporates in Africa.